0: in a neat video you uh well we're finishing up the uh, series on how god turns setbacks into into comebacks today we'll be done with it uh but first of all i I, I need to thank uh, i don't know if any of them's here in this service or not but the sound went out last week you guys remember and uh there's about five or six people been working tirelessly to get this thing going, and and we got it going, and I'm thankful uh, to all of them. And and uh, so I know there was, I know there was Tate and Tim and Mike and Jeff and Sue and, and and I don't know if maybe DJ and Chick had something to do it too. But you guys remember to thank them on your way out. They they did a good job. Ah. Uh, Noah is what we've been talking about these last week, and the the choices that he had to make when he had a goal here. And uh, God had given him a purpose and a plan for his life. A couple of weeks ago, we said that the first choice that he had to make was that he must dare to be different from the culture. The second choice we talked about last week was that we must listen to God and not the voices of doubt that come against us uh, when we're trying to fulfill our purpose and our plan that God God has given us. We talked about how most of the voices of doubt come from where? Inside. They come from yourself. Now here's the third choice. We're going to talk about the third and the fourth choice today. The third choice is this. I must do exactly what God tells me to do. If I am to fulfill my purpose and plan for my life, i got to do exactly what God tells me to do. I'm talking about make it to the finish line. Make it to the finish line and to end well. You see, Noah just doesn't hear God's voice or hear God's words. He obeys it. He does what God tells him to do. The first part of Hebrews 11 says Noah obeyed God and built a large boat to save his family. He hears it, he obeys not just what God tells him to do, but the exact way that he tells him to do it. He does it at the exact time, exact place, how, when. There was a saying that I heard years ago and I thought enough of it to to write it down and and, and maybe you do too. Partial obedience is disobedience. Partial obedience is disobedience. He said, guys, this is the third key to to Noah's life and the success he had in, in, in Genesis 6. It's found here. God told Noah, Build a boat from cypress wood and seal it with tar, inside and out. Then build decks and stalls throughout its interior. Make it 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. Leave an 18-inch opening all the way around the boat just below the roof. Then put three decks inside the boat and put one door on the side. Then include a male and a female pair of every kind of animal. Did I bring into your boat to keep alive during the worldwide flood. And remember, take enough food for your family and for all the animals. Here's the part that he did. Then Noah did everything exactly as God had commanded him to do. This is why we're talking about Noah today. It's because he did exactly what God had told him to do. This is why you're alive. Is because Noah did exactly what God commanded him to do. If he had not done exactly everything that God had commanded him to do, you wouldn't be listening right now. I wouldn't be speaking right now. The human race would not be here. You see, partial disobedience or partial obedience is disobedience. Partial obedience is disobedient. Now, in your own life, whatever stage you're in, whatever part of the journey you're in, you're going to be tempted to cut some corners. What I mean by that is you're going to be tempted to, to take some shortcuts. You're going to be tempted to do, do the easy thing, to take the easy way out. Skimp a little here and and, and fudge a little over there. I've met a lot of folks that don't mind doing what God says, but but they want to do it their way. I don't mind doing what He says. I just, I just want to do it the way I, and on my timing. And, and what you're saying is, is, I know better than God. I know better than that. I know what the Word says, and I want to do it that way, but I've got a little better way of doing that. I've got an edge on that. No, you're you're saying you know better than God. And it's tempting to do those shortcuts, to take those shortcuts, but you're missing God's plan and purpose for your life. So my question here is, have you been trying to do that? Accomplishing what you believe your goal is in life, but doing it your way instead of God's way have you been trying to do this? I mean, if I was no, I would, I think I would, God, is all these animals necessary? Are er, mosquitoes? Please, why, why, why do I need to get a couple of mosquitoes? Why are all these necessary? But he says, do it exactly as I say. He even said it twice. Uh, look Look at the next verse, Genesis 7. Finally the day came when the Lord said to Noah, Now get into the boat with all your family, and now take along seven pairs of each animal that I've approved for eating and sacrifice, along with one pair of each of the others, and take seven male and female pairs of every kind of bird. Again, what does it say? Noah did exactly as the Lord had commanded him. Twice we're told that Noah didn't take any shortcuts. You and me, we can't take these tempting shortcuts and reach the goal that God has for our life. Let me give you some examples here about some uh, shortcuts that we might want to take today. You know, And, and these, this is stuff that comes across my desk. That, that folks tell me is that, you know, I think God wants me to be happy. So I'm going to divorce this person and I'm going to marry that person. That comes across my desk. Do y'all know what that is? That's a moral shortcut. Here's another shortcut has come across my desk before. Well, everybody else kind of cheats at work. So I'm gonna cheat at work. I'm gonna do the same thing. Everybody else does it. That's, that's an ethical shortcut. And then I get I get financial shortcuts more than any of them that come across my desk. What I mean by by that is, you know, you might not being too honest here, you might not be honest there or are you not tithing I had a, a, a lady ask me uh, she actually goes to another church and she said um what do you think about I'm going to uh, use my tithe this month to buy my granddaughter a refrigerator what's your thoughts on that Jim well my first thoughts was why'd you have to ask me? Because now I'm gonna have to tell you the truth. And I said, the truth is according to God's word that your tithe belongs to the storehouse. If you want to buy your granddaughter a refrigerator, then that's on you. Now in my mind, your granddaughter needs to buy her own refrigerator, her and her husband. He needs to go to work. So I told her that. I said, but for you to use God's tithe, it's his money, it's not ours. You asked me, so I'm telling you. The Bible says it comes to the church. Then it doesn't go to refrigerators. You're saying I'm going to use God's money, the money that says to honor him and to, and to give back. You said, I'm going to keep it. That's a shortcut. That's a financial shortcut. I will tell you, you're going to lose on that one. You and I, we need to be, be tithing. And I can say that because I didn't tithe until 1989. My wife, well, my new wife at that time, said something about tithing. I didn't even know what it meant. She explained to me about tithing, and and I said, you're crazy. We just barely got $30 left, and now after payday, and you're a student. You ain't making no money. She was a student at Barry. And my thoughts were I'd lived alone for so long. I was 27. You want me to tithe out of my money. Now, 30 years later, I can't afford not to tithe. God does way more with the 90% I have left over after I gave him that. And I'll just throw that out there for you. But you and I, we need, we need to be tied. Sometimes maybe even a relational shortcut is, is, is what I mean by that is on a relational shortcut is that you're tempted to do something faster than the right way when it comes to our relationships. You say, you know, it's come across my death. Well, we're going to get married anyway, so I don't see anything wrong with having sex. That's a relational shortcut. That's a relational shortcut. We're tempted to do these shortcuts. You know, friends, when we're tempted to do these shortcuts, normally that means we're short-sighted because they often point us in the wrong direction. Look at Genesis 6-9. Noah consistently followed God's will. Guys, he consistently followed God's will. That's why God blessed him. So my question here is, do you want God's blessing on your life? I guarantee you everybody woke up this morning, not a soul in here, woke up and said, I don't want God's blessing on my life today. So if we were all honest, we'd say, I want God's blessing on my life. Well, if we do, then we need to be like Noah. Remember, but Noah? But Noah was different. Consistently follow his will. And we don't just pick and choose. Lots of people come across my desk. They want to pick and choose what they follow, whatever's good for them. The Living Bible Translation says this, Noah always tried to conduct his affairs according to God's will. You may want to write that one down. I really like that one. Noah always tried to conduct his affairs according to God's will. I figured Noah, he was not perfect. Only Jesus was perfect. I love the way they worded it. He always tried. He probably messed up every once in a while, but Noah always tried. Noah always tried. Bless you. So let's put ourselves in God's, uh, in, in Noah's shoes here. God's asking him to, to build this ark, this large boat. There's never been a flood, you know, and I'd I have the same questions if I was, I, I was Noah. What's a flood? What's an ark? Where will I get the lumber? Animals? What about all these animals? But then guess what? The way Noah was. He says, well, if God created the world, he can do anything. A lot of folks believe this is a, today, that this is just an unbelievable story. Well, I believe now if God created the universe, he can do anything he wants to do. I have a simple faith. What's that? He sure does. What she said was, God specializes in unbelievable. But Noah doesn't argue. He doesn't complain. He does everything exactly as God tells him to do. He says, whatever you say, Lord. The request was incredible. But Noah's faith is what's impressive here because it's also incredible. Noah did everything that God had commanded him to do. If you will make that a goal for your life, God will bless it. He will bless this kind of person. God blesses people who follow his direction even when it doesn't make sense, you know sometimes I'm glad I'm simple, and sometimes I'm uh, I'm glad I'm not smart. Let me put it down. I'm glad I'm not smart as some of you guys. Sometimes I struggle with it doesn't make sense. but some of you guys, it's very smart, you want to figure things out. and it's hard for you to have faith because you're so smart. Then it just doesn't line up it just doesn't make sense but when it gets there with me I depend on the verse that, that Brad used Isaiah 55 8 and 9 God your ways aren't my ways. your thoughts aren't my thoughts they're much higher than my ways and thoughts so with my simple mind and my simple brain It's easier to have faith. I believe in someone really smart. What has God asked you to do? And it doesn't make sense to you. What has God, it's a good question. What has God asked you to do? And it doesn't make sense. Maybe it's forgive someone. It just doesn't make sense for me to Forgive this person. He or she's done so much to me. Hurt me so bad, how can I ever forgive her? Maybe it doesn't make sense to to take a different job. Are you kidding, Jim? I can't take a cut like that. Maybe it doesn't make sense to, to start tithing. Oh, I heard what you said, Jim. That don't make no sense. Or maybe it doesn't make sense to go share your faith with someone. Guys, this is where we're at, faith. Faith is obeying God even when you don't understand why. Even when you don't understand why. That's what faith is. Noah had to make one more choice. And you and I are going to have to make this too, number four, if we're going to fulfill the life that, that God's intended for us is this. Number four, I must never give up on the dream that God gives me. I must never give up on the dream that God gives me. I mean, if anybody has the right to be discouraged here it, it, and during a project, uh, it's Noah, because this project was taking a long time. The Bible tells us, I believe it's 120 years from the time God told Noah that this was going to happen till the day he closed the door on the boat. 120 years. And, 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 and I got to tell you, you know he had some opposition from his neighbors, from, from people coming down the road. I mean, could you take that kind of opposition from, from folks around them? You see, the, most, the biggest reason that most people don't succeed in, 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 their, in life is short-term thinking. They give up too soon. They just can't take it the long haul. In the middle, you want to give up. Guys, and that's going to determine whether you're successful or not. I got to tell you what happened to me to me Wednesday. I'm a small business for you guys that don't know. I got, got a little diner. And I had a setback. My oven went out. You ain't got but one in my diner. It went out. So I, I went and told uh Soon and, and and Nick, I said, we're going to uh we're gonna c- close tomorrow. I'm gonna see if I can find and get this fixed. And I didn't want them to have to work hard and and uh Soon said, no. We're family, we're gonna stay open. And so we stayed open, me and her and Nick did, and and then the oven got the guy came after work, was finished, he fixed the oven. It was six hundred and eighty dollars fixed this oven well, I don't know about what y'all call it but I call it a setback that was a setback we had a great day Wednesday even with the oven gone I call it a setback so Thursday dig this because my folks encouraged me not to give up we had a record day the next day We had a record day. We've never had more receipts than Thursday. That's what I call a comeback. He set us up Wednesday with a setback. We got a comeback Thursday because I was encouraged not to give up. Amen? So you can't, huh? Huh? Friday was awful. <laughs> I, when I say awful, it was bigger. Yeah. It was bigger. That's right, we said another. Right. I was tired. That's what I mean by Friday soon. I'm having to work. It was supposed to be a hobby. But he, but without the setback, we couldn't have had to come back. And, and, and without learning that lesson and courage from the folks that I love the most, at work, not love the most, angelic, love the most at work. I love my folks at work. They encouraged me not to give up. Not to give up. And so he told them how to build it. We just can't give up too soon. We can't give up in the middle. Do not, you may be here for this, the only thing that you're here for is for me to tell you, don't give up. Where you're at, you may be feeling down. You may have just blew $680 like I did. Don't give up. Don't give up. You see, because culture tells us we just live for the day. But God's Word says we live for eternity. And that we live for the future. We live for the long haul. What I found out is this. Everything always takes longer than I think. If it's worth doing, it's going to take a little longer. And I'm sure uh, Noah faced some loneliness. I'm sure there was times he got tired because of how long it was taking him to reach his goal. But he was patient. He was persistent, and the only way he could have done it was because of his faith in God. Look at the next uh, verse 11 7. Noah trusted God. When he heard God's warning about the future, Noah believed him, even though there was no sign of a flood. When it didn't make sense, do you trust God? That's the question you've got to come up with here. You've got to answer. Do you trust God? Do you, do you, do you trust God? What is it in your life that you see no sign of, but God has told you it's going to happen? Are you going to give up? we, 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 we was kind of joking in the 9 o'clock service. Did you see the middle boy, Luke? Well, he's wild, man. Of that that video, Luke is wild, and Luke was jumping off the stage. And I said, is, "Are all Lukes like that?" <laughs> well, then midway through the sermon, I looked at I told Brad, I said, "My Luke's just like your Luke. He's wild. He's strong-willed." And, and, and some days I, I wanted to hurt him really bad. And he didn't behave well. But God had spoken to me a long time ago in my prayer that my son was going to do great things for him. So I trusted And I waited. We were looking for a children's pastor at North Point Church last year. I made the announcement, I need a children's pastor. Several days went by. Only one person contacted me. He texted me and said, I can do it. Luke did. I said, You can do what? <laughs> he said, I can. I can be the children's pastor. We went through some trying times. But I believed. So I told I encouraged Brad. I said, you believe. I don't care how strong-willed they are. I don't care what tough a time you're having. Don't give up. Never give up. Wherever you're at. Not in, in, in the vision that God has given you and to, to fulfill your uh, uh, purpose-driven life. Don't you give up. Don't give up. You may feel like giving up, but don't. Don't. God is in control. He, he writes the the end. And I want to tell you, this ain't the end of your story. It might be the end of a a chapter, but it ain't the end of the book. Amen? You may be going through something. It may be the end of that, that chapter, but it ain't the end of the book. Look at Galatians 6 9. It's not in your outline. Just just write that down somewhere, Galatians 6 9. I want you to go to it. And And let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season we'll reap if we do not give up. Don't give up. One more thing about the Ark, then I'll close. The Ark is actually a symbol of salvation in Christ. It's actually a symbol because in the Ark, Noah and his family are saved from destruction. In Christ, we are saved from destruction by being in Christ, Noah saved an ark, but the ark for you and I is in Christ. Well, how was Noah saved? Noah was saved just, just like everybody else. Grace through faith. Noah's story is actually the first story of grace. Look at the next verse, 7b. By his faith, Noah showed that the world was wrong, and he became one of those who are made right with God through faith, faith in God's grace. Look at Genesis. This is the first, first time you hear grace in the Bible, chapter 6, verse 8. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. This is the first mention of it. You see, people were saved in the Old Testament and also the New Testament by grace through faith. So my question for some of you now is this. Have you found and accepted that grace? It's the only way that you're going to be saved, along with Noah and all of us others. It's the only way to, to go to heaven. By grace through faith in Jesus Christ, and you'll be saved. It's the only way. We don't earn it. We don't even deserve it. You and I just accept this this great gift of God's love. You accept this great gift of God's forgiveness. And guess what? I encourage you to make that decision today. You need to do it today. No decision is a decision. What else is this? God, I tell y'all this all the time. God is looking for people to use. So my question for you as you sit there is, would you let him use you? Would you let God use you? Would you let God fulfill the destiny that he has for you? If you and I are going to fulfill our God's purpose and plan for our lives, we got to do what Noah did. We got to make the choices that, go, that Noah made. Remember them. We've got to dare to be different from our culture. We've got to listen to God and not to voices of doubt. We've got to do exactly what God tells us to do, and we got to never give up. We've got to never give up. Guys, I'm going to close this with a prayer that I wrote down for myself. and If you want to pray this along with me, it might, it might help you. If Lee wants to come on up, I'm going to close. You can keep your eyes open. I, I, I keep my eyes open a lot while I'm praying. And uh, we were talking about that in my small group this morning in Ema. I I keep a, con, a consistent prayer going all day long. And so I can't close my eyes while I'm driving. And so I wrote this prayer down. Dear God, I want to be the kind of person like Noah who brings a smile to your face. God, I want my life to bring you pleasure. I want my faith to be strong to the finish. I want to fulfill the destiny that you have for my life. God, please forgive me for all the times that I've worried about what other people think. I've listened to the voices of doubt rather than you, God, and I'm sorry. Give me the courage to be different. God, I want to get near to you so I can hear you. God, I want to stay near to you so I don't don't have any fear. God, I want to do exactly what you tell me to do, even when it doesn't make sense. When I'm tired, God, help me to be like Noah and not give up. God, help me to never give up. Help me to keep focused on you. And God, the older I get, the less energy I have. I'm finding that out every day. I ask you, God, to give me some new energy. I'm asking you, God, to maintain this enthusiasm that you've given me. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.